The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, everyone, to a two-dude special presentation. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And, uh, yeah, we're doing another one of these. But there's a reason for it, and I'm going to explain it to you. R- right now, as of this point, it's temporary, but right now, we don't have near as much time to make the show as we used to. Yeah. And it is what it is. You know, when when real life gets in the way and you got to do some things, you got you got, you just got to do it. And so when we've always said it that, you know, we we would just restructure the show somehow to make it easier for us so we can still do it, but also um just f- find the time cuz we like to do it. And right now, so like like our first initial change was when we went from entirely a weekly schedule, except for the holidays, to a bi-weekly schedule until summer. And then at the end of fall, we'd go into the bi-weekly schedule. So right now, we're still doing double features. Just just to throw that out there. That's not going away. It's still two dudes, one double feature. But we have been doing these special presentations, and they're a lot easier. They're a lot more manageable. And we can get these done a little bit quicker. And they're still fun to do because we're still essentially doing what we normally do. It's just half the work. Literally, literally half the work. Um, I, I always, you know, I always say, like, it takes a lot to make this show. It does. Um, it really does. And I say this as somebody who I love. I still love doing this. Let me just make sure my things aren't. Okay. But, like, mm. it's, um, yeah, like... So literally, like, as you said, like, it's literally like half the work, you know, where it's, it's a little easier, more manageable. But to be honest, I was, I've been thinking about recording all day, dude. So it's like, I, I, <laughs> so, I have so to, we're in the mood. I have to reiterate that I still love doing this. It's, it, it <laughs> has not gotten old, uh, but it's also nice too. Cause when you have people listening, like uh shout out to Rob who just listened to our pink buck episode, he really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, he did. Uh, did he? Did he say something in like yeah, the chat or something? Yeah, he found the bit about Gifford being a head writer. Uh, amusing. <laughs> it's true. That that's not a bit. That's the truth. That oh, shy. In, industry yeah, secret. Was, um, that was that was comedy. Uh, he yeah, <laughs> comedy. This can be classified as comedy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, so he enjoyed the episode. He was like, oh. Or like, uh, he was like, there's, you know, there wasn't a part where Richard talks about how the power went out at work for 30 minutes. I don't know if this is a pro or a con. And he goes, I could, I could, (laughs) we have to put tarps over things now at work. Oh, really? That, yeah. So you want me, I could talk about that for a little bit. (laughs) I mean, if you want, if you can, sure. It's not that interesting. Oh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we do. We put tarps over things. Okay. All right. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. There's a there's a little work story for you. Um. Um. But no. So this is so as as of now, this is how we're going to be doing the show. We're going to be doing switching off kind of situation. So we have our regular double feature du- double feature double feature schedule that we made, and but what we're going to do is every other episode release we're going to do a special presentation in its stead yeah Mm -hmm. so that'll that'll they'll still give us time to still like make stuff and also we could still do the double feature without putting too much on ourselves so right now this week you're getting a special presentation and then our next episode will be a double feature and then so on and so forth and then as far as where where this will lead to for the summer uh, it's up in the air we'll find out when we find out but that's what we're doing right now yeah, in the summer, uh, speaking for myself, I know I'll, I mean, I'm, I still have a couple things here and there that I'm doing, but we'll have more time um, for that stuff. But um, yeah, so. Tarps. 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 How are you, by the way? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, how you doing? I, I'm okay. I've been, I've been real busy. Uh, so, been trying to. I haven't watched as many new things. Or things I haven't, you know, never seen before lately. Um, the other night I was working on work because I've been taking some some classes and uh, I was getting some work done. So I decided to pop on one of my favorite movies, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, um, by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pess- Pressburger, who we've talked about before because of uh, Red Shoes. The Red Shoes. And um, it also features Red Shoes uh, star Anton Walbrook, who plays like the producer guy in The Red Shoes. Um, nice. He's very good, and the movie's very good. It's one of my favorites, um, as I've said. We got to get more, more Powell and Pressburg because I know you're you're a big color guy, and like I like I like colors. You do colors are nice, and like 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 so especially like Black Narcissus or even like fuck like Tales of Hoffman is such a beautiful um, is a beautiful movie. But doing that, I'm trying to prep for my new podcast, which I did talk about last time. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Joe's review roundup going to be hopefully premiering that soon. Um, I'm not, have you gotten your, have you got your cowboy accent down yet? No, I don't know if I'm going to do a cowboy <sighs> accent. What? But, but how can you not for a show people, I think, called Joey? I think people think I have a cowboy accent anyway. You know, I have a, no. I have a slower, you know, way of, <laughs> of speaking. I mean, I feel like I have more of a draw than you do admittedly probably sometime probably i think like when i when i just start i don't know how i don't know how to explain it but like when i when i'm just like naturally like if i'm like yelling at someone but the joker i'm like what are you doing what's going on <laughs> it just comes out like that <laughs> so it's that midwestern in me yeah yeah unfortunately it's, it's okay don't mm. you know don't don't beat yeah. yourself up over it. You can't, you know. Mm. Oh man, oh, brother. Uh, tarps, tarps. So, yeah. So hopefully uh, that'll be up. I'm not sure if I'm going to put it on the two dudes feed or not. Um, I mean, you could if you wanted. I guess I could. I mean, I'm paying for SoundCloud to just keep the episodes <laughs> up all the time. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah, screw yeah. it. Yeah, I guess it'll go up there. Um, just put it there and then we'll then use the two dudes stuff to like share it. And then like, if you make like an adjacent page or something, yeah, or, there you like, go. Just do that. Yeah. Utilize the tools you have. It, it's part, it, it's the new first new show 
in the two dudes network, basically. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's... You know that that's that's really all that's going on with me right now is I, I this weekend I'm really gonna try to really prep that first episode of review roundup. John and Kenny have been working up a piece of music for it, so I'm very excited about that. They got a they came up with a logo. Did I show you the logo yet? Uh, maybe. All right. But the last time you showed me a logo that they did for you was for your eBay page. Yes, which I love. So, so I'm gonna say no, but you could show me after. I'll show you after. Uh, 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 in in the tarp end of things, how are you doing? <laughs> well, there's actually three tarps. Three, okay, all right. There's three tarps. There's a big one. There's and there's, there's like two medium sized ones, mm. and they cover all the candy displays. Gotcha. Yeah, because we have like a a new line system where it's kind of like it like a Disney where like it kind of zigzags. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, right. uh, <laughs> it yeah, that's not interesting at all. But uh, <laughs> uh, I've been actually doing quite a bit lately. I've actually watched more movies than I've watched in a while in the last few days. Um, I watched as far as far as like new movies. I watched. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I watched uh, Society of the Snow. Which is on Netflix right now. Yeah, you didn't mention it on the show. You definitely sent me your review. That, listen. It's amazing. It's worth a watch. But prepare yourself. Because it does not pull any punches. It, like, it... Basically, like, w- without, like, going too much into it, the whole movie is about the... Um, uh, 1972 uh, cr- uh, crash in the Andes. Oh, there's a plane crash that crashed in the Andes. This uh, plane that had like 45 people in it um, that was going from Uruguay to Chile and uh, it crashed in the Andes. And uh, 16 people survived. Not just from the crash. It's uh, like people died obviously from the crash, but there was a, a lot of people that survived the crash. But uh, they were stuck there for 72 days. Jeez. And wow. it's like, it's one thing to be stuck in like, like anywhere else for 72 days, but it's like, you're stuck on the, on a mountaintop in snow, uh, in a plane that's pure white that no one's going to see from the sky. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they had, they had to deal with avalanches. They got buried for four days at one point. Um, and the most notable thing about it is they had to resort to cannibalism. Mm. And so they, so they, so anyone that died, they did eat them. Um, though that, like that was that when that part came about, that was like, that was pretty intense. But then like the rest of the shit happened and they're like, it was more than just the cannibalism. Right. Um, though there like, there were parts where like people were beat, would be on their deathbed and they'd be like, I gave you permission to use use me for sustenance if you need to um but they were stuck there for 72 days having to deal with all types of stuff so many people died and the movie does not and the movie doesn't like i said it doesn't pull any punches like it you're in there with them 
Mm-hmm. So when you're when they're suffering, you it the movie's like you're gonna you're gonna feel what they're feeling when you're when they were wow. doing this. And it it's a gut punch. Like, especially when they got buried alive and the camera's like fisheye lens like in the plane with them and all of them are like trying to dig people out of the snow and some people they couldn't dig out and some people they were digging out, some people got stepped on without realizing they were stepping on someone and just like it was it was such a, an intense movie, and it's two and a half hours long. So you're like dealing, you're like, oh god. Mm-hmm. But it's but it was the most euphoric thing though when they finally saw somebody else, and they and you're like, oh, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, but it's such a, it got nominated for best international feature for this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's directed by J. A. Bayona. Who uh, we're fans of on the show. We've talked about him twice now. Yes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, love his work, and this is just another example of just like if there's one thing we know about him for sure is that he will pull your heartstrings. But when I say pull, I mean like tug, like. It's <laughs> mm. <laughs> so like like when we watched uh, a monster calls, we were like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is so sad. Yeah. So, yeah, the the emotions are on full display for that one, but I do highly recommend it. Just know it; you might not watch it ever again. Um. Uh, but I also watched a couple of like older movies. The first one I'll talk about briefly. I did. I finally, especially because of this episode, I I decided to finally watch Return to Oz. Oh wow! Because I'd never seen it, but yeah. I know the reputation because it's like the 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 disturbing Disney movie that's like nightmare fuel. And like I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm like, I mean it's 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 Disney. I don't know how I don't know how I mean Disney can be pretty out there sometimes, but I'm like, how bad can it be? And then like the first few minutes they institutionalize Dorothy <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I I thought all the disturbing shit was gonna be when she's in Oz, which when she was in Oz, all that stuff, I'm like, yeah, some of it's disturbing, but I'm like, I thought it was kinda cool. Like you're like, comfortable a, than you're more comfortable I'm, than you were in the beginning. <laughs> I was more comfortable there than like when the movie starts uh, with like a sort of post hurricane like Katrina vibes type situation where everyone's sad and the and Aunt Em and Uncle Henry can't make money and they're trying to build the damn house back up and Dorothy can't sleep and she keeps talking about this place that is not real and they're like well we'll just take her to the doctor and, th- and then the moment the doctor's like oh she'll stay here with us i'm like fuck you <laughs> no <laughs> we are not in- we are not going to institutionalize dorothy this is not happening <laughs> and then what's worse is like they strap her to the tr- they strap her to like a gurney like a bed so she can get like electroshock therapy <laughs> this is a little kid yeah <laughs> i'm like oh my god uh, but she thankfully escapes the the institution and goes to Oz and meets all kinds of fun characters. I mean, there's definitely some like disturbing things in the Oz part, but the Oz part I was still more okay with. But yeah. I actually ended up really liking it. I'm like, it's actually a really good movie. Yeah. So uh, I I would like to talk about that one on the show at some point because I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, but, definitely um, for sure. Just the the interesting history of Oz adaptations, especially with Disney. Um. And then the, this is the other. This is one I have. I got a lot to say about it, but I'll try to be brief. Um, I watched a movie called uh, "Cast a Deadly Spell." Okay. 
It's a HBO TV movie that Martin Campbell directed. Who oh. you know is a, he's a director we've talked about again. Another director on our show because um, he did uh, Mask of Sorrow, Casino Royale, iconic films. Um, it was funny too because like I was watching that podcast uh, that Daisy Ridley did, the Happy Sad Confused, and she, I guess she's doing a movie with Martin Campbell right now. Oh, and. And I was like, oh, that's funny timing. And uh, she was talking about how she actually went back and watched like older movies. And then she would go to set and be like, Martin, look at you <laughs> making these movies. And I'm like, I hope she didn't watch Green Lantern. <laughs> but that wasn't Martin's fault. I blame Warner Brothers. Well, watch Daisy Ridley be a fan of that. Not that it's She's a problem, like, but it would just be kind of fun. <laughs> you know, hey, if she is, that's great. If maybe she can be a green light. She's allowed to that. like whatever she wants at this point. At this, listen, <laughs> all the power to Daisy Ridley. She yep. deserves everything. She deserves the fucking world. She was in the Criterion Closet the other day, which was nice. Well deserved, yeah. honestly. But well deserved. Um, what was I going to say? So I watched this movie and I was like, ooh, Martin Campbell directed it. It stars Fr- uh, the late, great Fred Ward from Tremors as like a hard-boiled detective character mm-hmm. um, named uh, Lovecraft because it's the movie takes a lot of influence from like HP Lovecraft stuff um, and uh, like he like it, it has like full-on hard-boiled like dialogue that's really campy so like there's a scene where he's talking to this blonde this blonde girl and he's like you can't be serious and she's like I'm all, like why can't I like I'm, I'm always serious or whatever she says and he's like then why are you wearing that hat and it's just a big old hat. So it's like lines like that that are just fun. And uh, the movie is basically billed as like a film noir that happens to also feature a lot of like horror fantasy elements. Like it's it's like if you if you combine like Evil Dead 2 and uh, the Maltese Falcon, mm. then you get this movie. And um, basically uh, Fred Ward is hired by David Warner to find uh, the Necronomicon, which is, you know, obviously a big thing that was used in H.P. Lovecraft's work. Um, And along the way, he runs into his old... It's also got a lot of, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit vibes, because, like, detective... It's like a comedy also, but it's like detective story with that interesting twist to it. Right, yeah, yeah. But, like, he goes to visit his old partner, who's played by Clancy Brown, and his old flame, who's played by Julianne Moore. And I'm like... This movie's stacked, and it's got, like, practical creatures in it that are really cool, and, like, it's such a, like, well-thought-out world, because, like, there's stuff happening in the background, like, like he'd be sitting there waiting to talk to, like, the police chief or something, and someone would just magically open up a file cabinet, and papers would float out, and they'd grab it and walk away. Oh, wow. It's like shit, like shit, like textured shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, the movie starts off with Los Angeles. 1948 everyone uses magic (laughs) and it's like that's a fun line like i'm sold i'm ready give me this now this is where it took an unfortunate turn (laughs) because i was so into this movie i'm like i gotta tell joey about this we gotta get it on the show i'm so excited it sounds like everything you said at this point i'm like why haven't we talked about this movie like why why has it taken so long for us to get to this point yeah um so there are certain aspects about it that I'm like it it unfortunately like a lot of movies 
uh, of its era or even before eras. It's a little dated. Yeah. Um, like there's there's a character in it who is they it's it's sort of presented like there's a character who is a man pretending to be a woman to hide from right. the police. Um, but uh, there's a point where they sort of allude that that the that the person actually wants to dress like that and actually wants so maybe they want to be a woman and it's like that's awesome. Um, uh, and then in that and then within that conversation, that you, you learn that maybe it's kind of both that they're hiding and that they want to dress like that. So I don't really know what it was, but then Fred Ward uh, drops the F slur, so that's fun. Um, mm. <laughs> um, and then uh, the other thing, and this was the this was the reminder that this is based on H.P. Lovecraft. And if you know H.P. Lovecraft, you're probably oh, going to know where no. I'm going with this. <laughs> so they have zombies in the movie. Right. And the zombies in the movie are used mostly for manual labor or yeah. like for muscle for like uh, like crime syndicates. And like 99% of them are black people. Yeah. Like there was a part where um, Fred Ward's going to a neighborhood and you see a house being built by a bunch of zombies. And I swear to you, every single one of those zombies was a black guy. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> when was this movie made? 91. The, was this the bright of the 90s? I don't know. <laughs> this is 91. <laughs> but this is but like here's the thing, like this stuff happened around mostly the same time, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to see how the movie ends and see if I can at least be okay with it by the end of the movie. Like cuz unfortunately a lot of like there's so many movies that are just dated and you just kind of laugh off like the dated stuff. But, you know, there's still a lot to appreciate about them kind of thing. So I'm like, okay, Maybe we could still salvage this movie if nothing else terrible happens. So, hmm. uh, at one point early in the film, we're introduced to David Warner's, I believe, daughter. Okay. And um, when we meet her, she's chasing a unicorn, and I guess that's a uh, that's an indication that she's a virgin, because unicorns are more like they're more like susceptible. I don't know. It's it's like a magic thing. Okay. But it's like, but it's like, okay. But she's also like super horny all the time, and so she's trying. She's trying to like sleep with Fred Ward, and Fred Ward's like, nah. <laughs> but he's he's so it's just like it is what it is. But he like is still nice to her, and they go out to like have dinner, so he can like have que- talk like talk about questions and stuff for the case and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, at one point, we're introduced to this sort of like bumbling detective character, and he's like, um, you know, he's he's the guy that you're like. Like, say his name was Willie or something. You're like, Willie, what are you doing? He's like, he's that guy. Right. And um, he he's hired by Fred Ward to watch over the, the girl while he's going to f- finish the case and figure out what's going on. And also, and also make sure she's not in trouble. Like, protection. Um, but, of course, she's super horny. And he's a bumbling detective. So, yeah. Um so jump to the finale where uh, a giant monster is summoned by this guy and uh, the guy is going to sacrifice the daughter because she's a virgin, but the monster doesn't take her and he takes the guy instead and eats the guy uh, and the wo- and and the virgin lives. But it turns out it's because she's not a virgin because she had sex with the police officer. Okay. Okay. Sex saved the world. Fine. No. We, we learn... Through Fred Ward saying, she's 16! <laughs> oh my god. 
So basically, <laughs> when this when this movie introduced the idea that pedophilia saved the world, that's when I said no. This movie lost so many points. <laughs> I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know who who said this was a good idea. I don't. I I don't know. But at the end of the day, I said fuck that. <laughs> it's you know it was one of those like that meme. It's like they had us in the first half. Not gonna lie. I'm like, wow, this this sounded like really cool, and I'm like, like, oh, oh, I I would oh. almost say watch, I'd almost say watch it just so you can experience it for yourself, because it, it it's almost as shocking as when we were watching Cricket on the Hearth, and then all the all the characters right. get gunned down on the boat, like because because it, it's like she's 16 years old, you idiot, you saved the world. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Fredward, um. stop, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop talking. Oh, oh man, but I was so ready to like. I was like, like I got to tell Joey about this, and then I'm like, God damn it! <sighs> so that 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 ruined the whole vibes of the movie for me wow. at the end of it all. So listen, Martin Campbell, I still love you. I still appreciate your work, well, at least most of what I've seen. But right now, that movie just makes me feel weird. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of of uh movies that uh had a ha- have a history, I guess, or have, you know, certain vibes. Today's actually kind of a special special presentation, like an actual special special presentation. Yeah, this uh, this feels yeah. like the kind of movie that this was made for, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like we did have an idea to pair it with something, but it kind of makes more sense just to put it here. Cause, especially because there's like there's a lot to cover with this one, um, but Joe Danny Jan, my my friend, you're actually wearing green again. So my friend in green, are you gonna shimmy again? There you go. <laughs> That's for Rob, for nobody else. <laughs> what what movie are we talking about in this special presentation? What is our soul movie today? We are talking about. The Tale of the Black <laughs> Cauldron, which features the Horn King and some boy named Taran and a little silly guy named Gurgi. That's my terrible. Who talks like this? That's my terrible sort of. John Houston impression. Um, <laughs> I was, I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought you were gonna try to do a Horn King, maybe like the two dudes. Where is the cauldron? <laughs> Where's the pig? That's kind of rude to call me that. <laughs> I'm talking to the Horn King, not you. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the Black Cauldron. Um, quick question: Did you own this on VHS as a kid? I never even knew its existence until much later in life. See, because listen, I was a spoiled brat. Uh, I had, it. I had. All the basically all the Disney movies, and I remember I do remember the horn the um I was about to call it the Horn King, the Black Cult <laughs> the Black Cauldron because um it was one of those Disney masterpieces it was one of the newer tapes you know because ah uh, like fa- like yeah because fun fact there was a third I believe it was, they said it was like a thirteen or fourteen year gap between when it came out in theaters and then when it finally came out on home video. Mm-hmm. There was a long period of time where you could only see it in like bootlegs, or if somebody had a print of it, 
Um, that was the only way to see it. And it was one of the only yeah. Disney movies at that time that they didn't like re-release because Disney re-released a lot of their movies in theaters and made them a oh, lot, yeah. made them a lot of money. And that's how like some of them are like some of the highest grossing movies of all time is because theatrical re-releases were very luc- lucrative back then. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I remember the Black Cauldron tape. Uh, I, I remember a few things about it, partly too, because I had some plushies from the movie. Like there was you like, had you said you had you had a gurgi. I had a gurgi, and I had the, I, I had Henwen. Um, so you had a little pig. I had a little pig, um, and you know this one was not one. I don't know if I, I I do remember watching it as a kid though, but it was also one where because I remember watching it, it was one that I did not watch often because it was it, it was one of the more intense Disney movies. It, it's kind of a weird one because a there's no songs in this one. It's not a musical. Not a musical. No. Um, and it's, it's got, it's a, it's a different, it's a weird kind of tone. Um, like a lot, like, like for me, I, my sort of introduction to it was, and I've said this before, like I, I have such like, cause I'm a big fan of horror and I have such a fashion and I have such a fascination with like horror or horror esque movies that are targeted at, at young kids only because there's not a whole lot of them. Yeah. And like kids, like here's the thing, kids. I do think kids like to be scared. Like, like I think there's like I remember growing up and watching Goosebumps and watching some of those things that were made. Like, uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, I believe, or is that what it was the Nickelodeon? Or Don't I believe be Afraid that, of the Dark. I believe that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, where it was like kind of compilation, where it was actually like they were actually trying to genuinely make horror stuff. And Disney, at like a certain point in their you know history of cinema. Um, dabbled maybe not so much in straight up horror because I don't think Disney's ever like fully made like a full on horror movie at least at least under the Disney banner like they've obviously like made uh, horror films through their through other like uh, studios that they've made like at one point they bought Miramax right. so technically Scream is a Disney movie at one point or was mm. um and, but as far as like under the actual Disney banner they never really did that because I mean we're we're a family brand why are we going to make something to scare kids um even though some but, of the most some of the most classic disney movies have not to not to cut you off no but like but dude, that's a great point to make be, though because snow white i was re-watching the, i watched the snow white did you watch the Fort snow white 4k yet i i haven't well, all the way but right. i have it right next to me it's it's beautiful <laughs> but um but again like there's a lot of scary scary stuff in that movie pinocchio well like walt walt seemed like he was a big horror guy oddly enough because he has a lot of that horror influence in like those early disney movies yeah it's it's like it's kind of wild watching like like some of the most memorable things are like the scary things like when snow white is just like picking flowers or whatever and there's the huntsman approach knife it's like (laughs) i'm like this is the scare i remember in the episode this is the scariest thing ever made (laughs) like what the fuck what is this but i remember like but there's so many yeah. like, creepy things. And if you watch Sleeping Beauty, which was going to be a movie we were going to consider pairing with this, the thing that always mm. creeped me out was like when like Aurora's being lured and you hear, Aurora, Aurora. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. not that. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. But so Disney has but dabbled like, in like spooky things. Like they've they've had like, like most of the time it's like through the villains. Yeah. But um, every now and then. Especially in the early days, they actually would incorporate more 
horror type stuff in their in their films like like night at bald mountain gotta mention that immediately like that's that's probably that's outside of this movie probably that's like the closest of uh disney animation horror type stuff maybe i think they but, they, um, um they recycled animation from that from that sequence because there's that like that skull char- mm-hmm. charging in that one and i'm like that is they have gotta like they had to have yeah <laughs> Although but, compared to other like Disney recyclings, it looks it looks more shall I say tastefully done. Uh, it looks like it, it fits. Yeah, I would say it's 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 not like if you're watching the end of one of the movies and it looks like just the end of Cinderella or something, something or like Snow White. <laughs> Snow White. It's just like oh, we're just using that again. Um, but uh, there was a point in like the '80s where they kind of dabbled a little, or they they didn't make straight horror films, but they kind of leaned a little bit more towards horror. So they did like Watcher in the Woods or something wicked this way comes, and that's where I learned about the Black Cauldron, and uh, and me being also a huge animation fan, I'm like, are you telling me there's like a an intense, somewhat scary like Disney movie that that I've ne- I've never seen? Because the closest I think I'd had was Hunchback of Notre Dame, and that gets that gets intense in that one. It's a great movie, and the music's fantastic, but that one gets. I think it, wow. that, that one's intense, but I also think it's like a matter of like the theme, the actual themes of the movie. The actual themes, yeah. Th- feel like whereas this one is just like, like yeah, there's there's some like there's some like actual like horror movie shit in this. <laughs> uh, but that was where I sort of learned about it, and then I think sometime after that, um, Disney had announced that they were finally going to put it like on Blu-ray through Disney Movie Club. Yeah. And so that was sort of like my way into watching it. And actually, and I, they actually did one for Watcher in the Woods and Something Wicked This Way Comes. Though the Watcher in the Woods one, they didn't actually do like a really good restoration of it because there's like a lot of pot. Like it's not great, but I'm glad to have it either way. Yeah. Um, but that was sort of my first real experience because I was just excited by the idea of this like spooky animated Disney movie. That was maybe a little bit tonally different than what they were normally used to doing. Um, but then, of course, uh, you know, learning about the backstory of this and how, like, does this movie went through the shit. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, they wanted to make, like, an adaptation of the, like, the fantasy books. It was like, what, what were they called? The Con- Chronicles, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, Chronicles of uh, Predain. Oh, Perdane. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. You know, which was five books, and I think, I thought I was hearing somebody say, like, the, this movie was supposed to be the first two, because the second book is apparently The Black Cauldron. Oh. Which is, like, or at least, like, looking at this box, uh, this this pic- picture of the box, like, the first book is The Book of Three, and then it's The Black Cauldron. So maybe it's, like, an amalgamation like of of the two well it's like it's yeah 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 but like i they probably had like millions of different like story ideas but i imagine the black cauldron aspect of it was like we're gonna keep that throughout the whole of the process of making this right but it's funny too because like you know thinking about like all the stuff this movie went through before it actually got made and released reminds me a lot about like there's so many movies today that feels like they go through that, and it's it's kind of upsetting how like it feels it feels like it's happening more often, but that's just you know studios like there's regimen changes and 
people that want to do it a certain way, other people want to do it a different way, and they try different things. Because, like, when did they actually start production on this? Do you remember? Before it was actually released in 85? Um... They, I think they were looking at the at the rights and, and stuff in like the in the seventies. Like they got the rights in in the early seventies, and then you know because it takes a long time, and this happens a lot with like Disney stuff. Like yeah, like Sword in the Stone, they acquired the like they were gonna do the rights or whatever in like nineteen thirty nine, and then it happened in like the early sixties or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, because and again, animation takes a long time uh, to do. Of course, um, but and just a note of the directors, uh, Ted Berman and uh, Richard Rich, who both directed The Fox and the Hound, which is one of those, it's sad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're telling me a movie about a fox and a dog is sad? That's surprising. No other movie is like that. No, no, no other fox or no other movie where two animal companions have an adventure are sad. Clearly, you've never seen Fox and the Hound two where they start a band. Jesus Christ, tearjerker! It's <laughs> tears don't fall; they they crash around me. That's a T-shirt. It is, uh, but it's also That's a T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they, they acquired the rights to this, I guess, uh, uh, Ron Miller, who ran the company for a brief period, who was in charge for a brief period of time and obviously was involved. Um, he, he was, he did, was not long in the, like the, the top head honcho position and, you know, you have Michael Eisner and that wasn't, wasn't Ron Miller like, like the... Son, like son-in-law or like he was, he was like somehow mm-hmm. yeah. like related to to walt or something yeah. yes exactly yeah i remember that yeah it's um but but it was fu- it was funny you say that because they were like because when like um chapek uh chapek was was you know probably getting pretty close to being ousted people were like i'm nostalgic for the miller year <laughs> <laughs> And not to decide, you know, because it's a hard, you know, but it was it was just a slightly amusing comment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, but this movie went through so many changes because, like, because, like, well, because again, when you're animating something, you know, it takes a while. But there's also like one of the big things was that there were several different like generations of animators that were working at yes. Disney at that time, and. You know, I think Don Bluth, who obviously we talked about Don Bluth before, I think was mm-hmm. part of like the 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 middle generation at least as far as people that were currently there or one of the mm-hmm. more recent ones. And I know a lot of the like Cal Arts guys that would start Pixar were also at, at one point involved as well. Yeah, because there was like maybe some kind of drama between like the new school and the old school, maybe. Yeah, like the old school and like how they, how they always sort of did Disney, but then the new school come in they're like, what if we did it like this? And it's like, well, but they changed writers and directors. And, and there's also the matter of, did they think the young guys could do a project like this? Because the way they were trying Mm -hmm. to do this, it was going to be unlike anything they had ever done before. 
you know, I know, like, and in, the, in one of the videos they described it, like videos I've watched, which if you never checked out, I know Richard has, but you've never checked out the Yesterworld video about the Black Cauldron, definitely watch that. Um, yeah, really we'll good. Put a link, put a link to that one down yeah. in the description. Absolutely. Um, like they were trying to intend for like the Snow White of the '80s. Like this was going to be so, like a groundbreaking thing, um, mm. and it didn't quite work out that way. It also, I believe, ended up being the first PG Disney movie because of like the the material that was in the movie. It's rated PG. Okay. For some scary images, and it, and some people speculate it could have been R, and like because there are some. Like there were some le- like cells or like things that people posted online where I'm just like, good grief, they really had to sidestep some stuff and yeah, uh, but this movie it, it's 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 a fantasy movie. You have the 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 young lad Taron, uh, he's got <laughs> he's got Taron Taron. He's got to take care of the pig Henwen, uh, you know, the they live in Perdane and it's lorded over by. The Horned King. Yeah. Which, it was great, because, like, when we were watching it, I was like, there's not a whole lot of Disney villains that have just, like, a moniker. They, they, they're all, like, there's Jafar, <laughs> or there's, like, um, I mean, there's the Evil Queen, you know, the the OG Disney villain. Yes. But then right. there's, like, Maleficent, Jafar, uh, you know, Scar, you know, most of them have names. But then you have the Horned King, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> like... It sounds so intense, but he's also then, there's, there's nothing funny about the Horn King. Is, is no, the there's no whimsy. Thing. Like it, it, it's like I was saying this to you. Like there's all, all the other Disney villains you could say are like there's some level of like camp or sit. Like you have like it's Snow White. Like oh, I want to be more beautiful than this person, so I'm gonna make myself a witch. So it's kind of goofy. <laughs> then you have Maleficent. Yeah. I didn't get invited to a birthday party. So fuck you guys, I'm uh, going to kill your kid and curse her. I'm going to curse your... Ch- this baby is going to be cursed, and you have to live with that. And, you know, obviously... <laughs> Scar's like, I hate my brother. <laughs> I hate I hate my brother. Uh, I hate my brother. And he, he Jafar's like... Jafar's like... My parent annoys... I don't remember. But also, to quote the Sultan, he's so old. <laughs> but, but you're so old. But, but the Horton King... That like like he's one of the scariest Disney villains, and there's no there's no humor, you know. There's there's no levity with that character, um, which is pretty. It's actually pretty cool, honestly. <laughs> like especially the way John Hurt plays it. Yeah. You know, shout out to late great John Hurt. Like yeah. he he plays it like it's like a Shakespearean or like Arthurian legend type thing. Like this this is a character. That at no point makes a pun or cracks a joke. All he's like, I'm going to kill people. I'm going to raise an army of the dead with the black cauldron. And it's like, that's it. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know what? Do, you do you, King. Oh my God. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you do you, man, I guess. Uh, but like, like, all the whimsy goes to like the evil sidekick. The evil sidekick, yeah, creep, uh, the the creep creeper, the cr- creeper thing, which I had no clue his name was creeper or creep or whatever it was, but it makes sense because he's like, eh. it looks like the green <laughs> goblin. He looks like the green goblin's like illegitimate son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this but this this thing is interesting though because they meet some in, like he goes to the the Horn King's castle, but he meets some other interesting characters along the way. You meet Elonwi, who's this this lady. Uh, uh, Elonwi, who's just a this, uh, just a just a young woman, little girl, um, trapped in the castle, and she's just trying to escape. And there's a uh, Fluter. Fluter. Is that his name? Fluter. Fluter. Um. Uh, the uh, the uh, we the names in this are pretty great. I love the name. <laughs> yes. Elonwi. Fluter. Taryn. The, the can we talk about Taryn for a second? Sure. Yeah. Taryn yeah. sucks. Cause cause Taryn sucks. <laughs> Dude, we, we were we were just like, what if Dalbin Dalbin, who's like the the old guy who's like his mentor, was like, here Horton, here's like five bucks. Can you get rid of this? Kid? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give just you the whole. I'll give you the pig. <laughs> you can have the pig if you just get rid of this kid. But like, cause like. Like Terran's like he's like the hero in a way. He's he's kind of like, um, he he's like he's he's a pig boy as he's constantly called in the movie. <laughs> he's a pig boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a weird like he's a pig boy. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's like your your hero. But he's like, I want to go fight. I I I, like, I hope the like war doesn't so, end. He's so whiny. He is. And he's like, he's like, why do I have to do this? And he's like mean to the animals because he, because he's, he like, he like sticks the stick in the goat's like horns and he's like, the horned king. And the goat's just like, Jesus Christ, kid, I'm just trying to chill here. Yeah. And then the geese, the geese laugh at, at laugh at terror when he's <laughs> knocked over, rightfully so. Um, rightfully so. Yeah. But like, it, like you, you kind of hope that there's a point where Terran, because like he does like help. And he does get like the magic sword, which is pretty cool, and you know, but like, at no point does it feel like anything about him's ever redeemed. Like he doesn't feel like he grows as as a character. He's just kind of a annoying kid the whole time. That is just pet. It's just just petty and like whiny. Right. I mean, and, and the thing is, like, yeah, obviously because this is like a like, at least five book series, several book series. So this is just the first like chunk of that story you know and it's kind of like if you watched um the samurai trilogy with Toshiro Mifune in the first one he's like really annoying and like like he's just like untamed kind of guy and then as the, you see the progression of his character as the movies go on but with this you only get the first segment of his story and he has some growth by the end with like the sort you know whatever make and, and all that but not again it's it's uh you know we're not we're we can't see that growth with at least within these movies it's just like no he's just this kid um and i don't know what the how the books end up like how his character ends up in the books i'd be very curious to check that out i i I hope taron ends up as as a pretty decent guy that realizes that you know don't be a dick (laughs) yeah or don't or, or don't be like i don't know it's just is that when I first watched the movie, that was like the biggest like negative thing is that this character the whole time. It's not even that that it's not like a, like a Taylor situation where it's just like a, an a, a, like where I was just like I hate this guy. It was just like this kid's so annoying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like this this kid this whole time because he's just like Gergi shows up and he's just mean to Gergi. 
uh, you know, Alon Wee shows up and he's like annoying to Alon Wee. Fluter doesn't didn't really stand out much for me, honestly. So I don't really know much about what he did. The only thing, uh, the only thing I, we that that stood out for us was that like we were like, oh, what if they did a live action remake? And we're like, he would totally be played by Martin Short. That's when we know Fluter would be fantastic. But it's also we have a great Fluter. But it's also funny too because in the Yesterworld video, they said a lot of the th- scenes that were cut, a lot of the bits and stuff were cut, were Fluter's things. Oh. But this movie is also a victim of like, like weird like cuts and edits and continuity things. Um, like later on in the movie when they get the black cauldron, and they seem defeated, and then the three like witch ladies who had the black cauldron they traded with, are like, "Ha! Don't you know the black cauldron's indestructible?" And it's like, they weren't. What? They weren't trying to destroy it, at least as far as we were seeing, but it turns out there was a cut scene where they were trying to do all they could to destroy the Black Cauldron. They didn't show mm. it. They, like, they like briefly, one slight moment mentioned that they, I think they're going to try to destroy it, but other than that, like... It, it, it doesn't work. It, it's, it's very it's, it's not enough. It's, it's really weird. Um, yeah. And there's a lot, a couple moments throughout the movie that are, that are like that, and, like, some characters like standing up already when they shouldn't be standing up but it's like it was like a cut moment cut bit um you know and the so i think really the the biggest thing with this movie though is like you know the grit that this movie has because obviously like it's you know shot on film uh and you know 2d animated with some 3d elements uh which is pretty cool the sky most notably Mm mm-hmm which is like. pretty, which is pretty dope. Like there were some moments that looked like an '80s music video. Like when the Horn King enters in that one scene, <laughs> I'm like smoke, Holy. and then the, like the light. You're oh, waiting for Ozzy to show up, just yeah. like oh, man. bite the head off a bat or something. <laughs> <laughs> like because again, the Horn King is trying to get this black cauldron so we can get in like an, an unde- a deathless army. You know, so it's like these undead guys. Uh, but there's a but there's a scene that that, that was like. You don't see it, but like I've seen like stills that were what's supposed to be where it's just like the bo- uh, the body one of the other henchmen that he has like decays rapidly, mm-hmm. and you, and I'm just like oh, Ooh. yeah, that kind that that kind of happens to the Horn King. It happens to um, the Horn King, but like the one, but dude, like not not nearly as graphic, I imagine. Though it was pretty graphic, I was actually surprised how graphic that ends up being. I know it happens to the villain, but you know. Uh, it's not like the classic, you know. Oh, let's have them fall to their death, type thing, or like with like for Scar, example, for example, like you see the shadow of him being torn up by uh, hyenas. Yeah, but like that was probably like the biggest draw was like it's one of those movies that like it went through some shit, and you know the final product just sh- shows it. But there's also just so much about it that you just appreciate. Yeah. What they were able to do. A lot of the Horn King stuff, a lot of the like the way they utilized the animation for that, uh, John Hurt's performance is fantastic. And even some of just like the scenery, the castle that the Horn King is in, even like the bit with the witches when they're like in the clouds, you know? And there's all and every time I see them I think of like that classic, you know, if we're gonna have three characters there's going to be the string bean, the one that's hunched over and the fat one. Yeah. And that's like, like, like every like trio of, of 
any kind of thing. It's it's even like in Hercules where you have the oracles. Yeah. There's the tall one, the hunched over, and then the fat one. And they're swishing eyes. But like like it's kinda it is kind of crazy that you know, for all this went through, like it's still like uh, it's still fun to watch. You know what? You know? It, it made me think of Tron Legacy, where yeah, like, like yeah, we yeah, yeah. we like it's one of those things where it would probably end up in our hall, hall of fame, even if it's not one of our favorite movies ever. It's just there's something that you really have to admire about it, just flat out existing at all. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's it's got enough there, I think, to make it worth checking out. Um, I mean, at the at the and it's available, isn't it? Is it on Disney Plus? I think it is on Disney Plus. Yeah, um, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, it's it was it's like it's like eighty minutes. It's really short. That's one of the reasons why we did it as a special presentation as well. It's a short movie, mm-hmm. um, which is great. It is. It is. It is exactly eighty minutes long, and um, the Blu-ray. If you guys have Disney Movie Club, it's an exclusive Blu-ray for them, and it's actually a pretty damn good Blu-ray. Like they actually bothered with this. It, it looked good when I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. It's got some. It's got some deleted stuff. A couple of shorts here and there. It actually has uh, the trick or treat short with Donald Duck. Yep. I just know that. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I gotta watch that then. But um, oh, and the music. Yeah, the music's really our, good. Our actually. buddy uh, Elmer Bernstein. <laughs> good old Elmer Bernstein, not Leonard. Yeah. Elmer. But Elmer we've talked about before because of uh, American Werewolf and because of the Ten Commandments. Um, and mm-hmm. people pointed out this. there's some stuff that sounds very much like Ghostbusters uh, in this. <laughs> I can I see it. Yeah, I, I can mean, see it. Listen, something, you have to write so much, it's hard. I mean, admittedly, like as much as I love John Williams, there's so much of his music that I'm like... This, like when you when you when I try to think of like Indiana Jones, sometimes Superman comes out. It kind of slips in. <laughs> I'm like, shit, no, that's Superman. That's not Indy. Um, but uh, I I honestly like this is this time watching it. I think I had a much better time. Yeah. Than when I first watched it, because I think I was just so zeroed in on how annoying Darren was. I mean, but I but it's one of those things though where you almost have to accept it with a territory of like a fantasy like kind of thing. Where, like, mm-hmm. your main hero is the least interesting person. I mean, it, it just is. Yes. It, it just usually is. Like, as much as I like Luke Skywalker, he is the least interesting person to me in Star Wars. I I mean, like, if you ask, like, how, how many people are going to say Luke Skywalker is their favorite character in Star Wars? At least, I mean, I could see people saying he's their favorite character because after a while. But if you just watch right after you watch A New Hope, like, yeah. your favorite character is Han Solo sorry even if it isn't it is it just like we'll see then i think then uh last jedi came out and they're like that's not my luke and th- but that funny enough <laughs> that's when i really love luke i'm like i get it i get it now guys like, <laughs> like like oh luke is great oh, luke is fantastic wow this is like a really nice riff of like a, a, a Thurian legend and they're like no i needed him to be jedi clint eastwood ah! Ah! That's that's the crying noises of many a Star Wars fan after that one. AKA Terran. Um <laughs> Terran Terran would be Terran would be. He he would be like first he he would have seen Last Jedi opening day. He would have left the theater going, Why is it Luke how I like him? Why isn't he 
the hero. What is this? But Mark Hamill didn't even like it. But, I don't know. <laughs> but going off of like the, the the movie, like I think one of the things I really like about, especially like this weird period, like between like the '60s into like sort of the '80s of Disney animation, is that there's a grit to these movies. Like there's, mm-hmm. and I love just like when you look at it, like environments and stuff. It looks like. A, it's a real place, even though obviously you know it's animated. But like, I think that's something yeah. that's lacking in Disney movies today, where it's like, yes, it's obviously amazing what they can do with CG, 3D, you know, and animated stuff. There's a lot of incredible things you can do. But I think there's just something like I think about Jungle Book and how like the beautiful backgrounds in that movie, or, like the sketchy, mm-hmm. I like the sketchy animation where I kind of see the process, kind of, but also just yeah. like. When you look at something, it's like, it feels like it's been there forever, even though I knew they just made it for this scene or whatever. And I think there's kind of something really nifty about that. I don't know. I think, I think for me, what I, what I like about this is like going back to the horror thing. Like it's, it's exciting to think that at a certain point, Disney was like, let's just go for it. You know, like I understand, like, especially with horror, there's definitely like uh, a content sort of thing material sort of thing where it's like okay what can we put in this before it becomes too much for a kid right or what what kind of story can we can we tell or what can we actually put into it but i i do hold i do hold strong that i do think kids like to be scared and as long as like you're not going too he- too heavy with it or like making themes that are just like something that's just way too adult like you know if you show like something scary that's like like a ghost or something i think kids would respond to it and i think they would i think they could like it i think it's possible right and so i like that i like that there's there's this time period that disney actually kind of did that and i feel like even that is kind of gone like because like i said earlier like a lot of the a lot of disney movies sort of funnel that sort of inspiration through the villains but i even think that's not so prominent anymore it really isn't like like when's the last time you were actually scared of a disney villain or saw like the like because like maybe dr facilier from princess and the frog but that was 2009 yeah and mother gothel had some stuff here and there but even then that's not like right there's like like elements you know like elements yeah but yeah but i I, 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 because i I think it would be kind of cool to bring back some of that old like horror movie influence on on some things or like you know, even like like Disney Channel movies. Like I remember some of those even like kind of dealing with horror a little bit. Right. So, I think yeah. the closest we got was like the the Haunted Mansion movie, which is more spooky than scary, but at least they tried something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like that it exists, and uh, I like that people can actually watch it. That's a big thing too, is that people can actually you can get this. Yeah, that's true. You can watch it. You can watch it Disney Plus. I think you might be able to rent it like on some other like platforms. You it, can buy the disc. It's certainly available. It's certainly and an available title, but like there's there's a lot of movies you can't say that about. No. But it's also interesting too cuz I remember them uh remember Yesterworld talking about how like how much it sold um mm. when it came out on VHS finally and I'm like that's something that would not happen today because nope. um like 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 if, if it was like okay this movie is a flop disney would be or some studio would try to be like try to do a tax write-off on it and they did they did stuff like that back then but like i feel like now it just feels more like a like a real yeah. more of a reality now um so this is so a watch it while you can this kids. is a really cool 
uh, really unique, cool, really unique movie. Yeah. And it's got a lot of cool posters on Letterboxd. So if you have the Letterboxd patron, you can <laughs> like poster I have. There's no text on it, but it's just like the Horn King, and you see the call. I'm like, oh, that's that's cool enough. Honestly, I'm like, I'm like, you know uh, what this is, and if you're cool, you know what this is. If you're cool, you know what this unless is. You're, unless you're Taron, which you know, Taron's not cool. Taron's no. never gonna like unless Disney decides to do another Black Cauldron or someone else gets the rights for Black Cauldron. Taron's never gonna be cool. <laughs> I would be curious to see what a new Black Cauldron would look like. Does um, Disney still own the rights to that? I think at one point they reacquired the rights. Let me just double check that. Because I do know that like especially Disney likes to bank on like the cult classic stuff. Uh, like That's why Nightmare Before Christmas is so like prolific. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, looking at this. Which, speaking of that, Tim Burton worked on this movie. Yeah, but that's that, that that was in the notes, so I figured I'd bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the um the sketches that they had of his. It looked like some of this like I'm like, yeah, this looks like a Tim Burton um version of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh but to go back to um in twenty sixteen Walt Disney Pictures reacquired the rights to the Chronicles of Perdane. Uh for the animated feature, uh, or which the animated feature Black Cauldron was uh, based, with the intention uh, to adapt the book series to a live-action feature film series. It was an early development at Walt Disney Studios, with no director, producer, or screenwriter attached. Since then, there have been no further reports, so I assume it's dead. Um, yeah, that's about right. Uh, you know, and it's and honestly, it's one of those where I feel like if it had happened in, like, the 2010s, like, right before, like, or, like t- or late, aughts into early 2010s when disney was doing still doing pirates of the caribbean tron legacy and they were trying to do their own like live mm-hmm. action stuff without having to go into star wars and marvel before before that i feel like it could right been. at least the first one would have happened i i feel like it would have been more possible yeah it's what what is what is and what isn't possible right now it's just kind of scary to think about admittedly <laughs> yeah like even just like they brought Willow back and now it's gone. Like it's gone, gone. It, which is upsetting because I watched the first two episodes of that. I'm like, I really like this show. And then they're like, Nope, no more. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then on the on the Wikipedia, it says uh, Gergi was allegedly the inspiration for Andy Serkis's portrayal of Gollum. Which, that surprises no one. Which that <laughs> yeah that makes. <laughs> He's like, like I think, I think we were doing Gollum jokes oh, when we were watching them. wants the ringmaster. When we were doing like uh, apples, <laughs> instead of potatoes. potatoes, apples, you slice them, you dice them. You put them in your mouth and you chew them. They're delicious. Oh my god! Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. And and <laughs> there's the scene where like Gurgi fucking flings himself into the black cauldron. Dude, Gurgi's the hero. <laughs> I I completely forgot about that Gurgi. Like for a period of time, is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Gurgi's the hero, and the, and in order for them for him to come back, they have to wish him to come back to life, and it's like Gurgi. Gurgi, I think the Horn King and Gurgi are the main reasons to watch this. Although there are some Honestly. people, some people who would be like, Gurgi is so annoying. 
but we're we're team Gergi we're, here. We're team Gergi on this. Like, listen, I'll take Gergi nine times out of ten, especially over Taryn. <laughs> <laughs> like Taryn sucks. I'm sorry. Taryn's the last person you pick in dodgeball. <laughs> Taryn's the last person you pick in dodgeball. You don't even pick him. You just have him be the scorekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> just can, can you just like leave for like five minutes? It's like. Like, what about me? What team can I be on? Um, actually, you know, we need someone to make sure we're, you know, we get the points tallied up at the end of this. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, but. He, he, he just sits there and he's like, I wish I could kick the ball. <laughs> no one wants me to kick the ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then in. You know, one of the other things was it was in Tokyo Disneyland. They had the uh, the mystery tour, which you know the Horn King oh, is. Yeah. You know, so they they you know the Disney knows that it exists. You know, it is it is kind of crazy. Like I like I know the the cult status of it is relatively strong, maybe not near as strong, but like it is kind of surprising that Disney hasn't leaned harder on yeah. it. Yeah, I, I would because I yeah, yeah I would love that like. Can you imagine if, like, one of the, on the Halloween parties, they had, like, the Horn King be a major, major focus? I mean, unless they already have at some point, and I just don't know, but, like, it would if, just be really cool. If, just, could you, like, could you imagine, like, you're walking in, like, you're walking down uh, towards Magic Kingdom, you're walking towards the castle, and they have, like, the Halloween show going on, you see green smoke, and then out of, instead of Maleficent, it's the Horned freaking King, and a big old black cauldron, like, come on. Come Dude, on. No, no, I make it a special event and make the, you everybody gets a black cauldron to collect yes! candy. Yes. Candy. Dude, Dude, if they made a black cauldron popcorn bucket, lines. Dude, I would be I would be lines. The kind of, I, we would be the kind of people to shout like 100 bucks <laughs> on eBay to get a black cauldron popcorn would, bucket. I would totally. I would totally. Yeah, I, it, would, it, would, it would go on my shelf. It would look nice, and occasionally I would pop in the man cave and do my bad John Houston and go, The Black Cauldron was desired by the Horn King. Blah in Perdain. Tarrant. And think, 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 think about this. Yeah. It, it lights up green. Yes. Like, um, from the inside. And you could, like, put little droplets of water and, like, smoke comes out of it. Oh, my gosh. Like, like evaporated water comes yes. out of it. I mean, maybe that wouldn't be good for the popcorn, but... Listen, It'd be a cool effect to uses, have. Who uses the popcorn buckets as popcorn buckets? Freaks. That's who. <laughs> just, just weirdos. <laughs> like, why would you buy a popcorn bucket and you actually know, put? You, come you know on. who who would do that? Taryn. Taryn. Taryn is over there with his scorekeeper paper, wishing he could kick the ball, playing with his popcorn bucket by actually eating popcorn out of it. Taryn, stop it. <laughs> just, I don't know. Oh, Taren. But Taren. no, people, watch The Black Cauldron. It, it's actually worth checking out. At the very least, yeah. it's worth checking out. Yeah. And watch. there's and there's options and avenues for you to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, folks, have you read the Chronicles of Perdain series? And Is Taren, does Taren get better? Does Taren get, does Taren get better? Please, please let us <laughs> please. know. Does does he actually get better? And what I you, need to know? And what's your what's your favorite weird Disney movie? You no, know I'm gonna what, real quick. What is your favorite weird Disney movie? 
Oh God, I don't know. It, it it's a hard question. I mean, like, because a lot of ones, like you know, I feel like there's ones that like people don't talk about as much, but they're not necessarily mm-hmm. like like Robin Hood is one of my favorites. Like I rewatched it recently, and I'm like. This is a lot of fun, but it's also very strange. Like you have Sherwood Forest and you have music, like you have Roger Miller doing, like almost like country, like Robin Hood and Little John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about that song immediately. <laughs> or like I love Whistle Stop. <laughs> and it's just like 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 there's a rooster who's hosting it, and then like uh, like Prince John is voiced by Peter Ustinov, who played Poirot, and he goes, "Mommy." <laughs> well, what's not to love? It, that's that's a movie I would love to talk about on this show because it's it, it's another one that's a it's short, but also b it's got <laughs> Phil it's got Phil Harris as a bear. And speaking of recycled animation, yeah, that one <laughs> it's got recycled. Phil Harris as a bear. It's got Phil Harris as a bear. I mean, but we also talked about Great Mouse Detective, which mm-hmm. was a decent hit, but it's also one that like not many like that's one that could almost. That almost could probably could have been like a movie club exclusive. I feel on mm-hmm. in another universe. You know what I mean? I'd almost put even like because we talked about that with Atlantis. Though Atlantis also like gets a little bit more of an edge because like it's more involved. Yeah, with certain things, like you know, like you were telling, like you were showing me the other day for that Lorcana um, game. They they're releasing Atlantis uh, cards for that. So and all so, the, and this, all the movies I just mentioned have Lorcana stuff. So there you go. Is, is, the, like, is there a horned king? Well, except for Black for Black Cauldron, sadly no. But like the one like Robin Hood. Come on. Robin Hood's got a decent number of like cards. Um uh Great Mouse Detective has, has a bunch, like Radigan. There's a couple Radigans. Um and uh but what was the other one? Atlantis is getting a whole bunch in the in the new set coming up. Mm. So I feel like I feel like Atlantis is getting a little bit more prolific for me to say that it is an obscure one though at a point i would have easily said that would be what i would pick for like an obscure disney movie um but that is that is a tough question though because i'm like what what would i pick as like a disney movie i would go i would be weird and i would pick like the the disney channel movie don't look under the bed right 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 but i also feel like a lot of people my age probably know what that is but then like you look at most anyone else and are like, what is that? And I'm like, could you imagine a Disney TV movie that's actually kind of scary? <laughs> but but that's the thing with a lot of these Disney things is that for us as kids, they were such a big deal. Like, I remember watching yes. Robin Hood, like, all the time. But then you ask yeah. somebody what Robin Hood is now, and it's like, wait, they made a, a Robin Hood where he's a fox and Little John's a bear? And there's a, a, yes. a lion guy that goes, Mommy! <laughs> that they 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 start with that one actually. They wonder about the mommy, and like and like his his advisor is named Sir Hiss, and then uh, like one w- of the guard, like the captain of the guard or one of the guards, is like the guy who does the voice of um, Tiger Lily's dad in Peter Pan. So he's got this raspy voice. <laughs> <laughs> you okay no i'm don't not. die for that doing was, that voice that was so bad oh my god that was the one of the worst decisions i've ever made in my life <laughs> kids don't do this at home it's like the, the like listen he sacrificed himself for the art that's what joey just did here because he, <laughs> he he put on a great performance and then he killed his voice <laughs> it's god now 
This everything oh. you're hearing is pre-recorded, Joey. <laughs> like this is AI, Joey. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, I've I've signed off to get a uh, million dollars, so Richard has a co uh, an AI generated co-host <laughs> from now to the but end. <laughs> but only when Joey has officially killed his voice, which just happened. You heard it here, folks. See, what, what, what hap- what's going to happen, though, is there's a, a bit where you're going to be like, Joey, what did you think about this? And I just go, Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, kids these days are like, this, this, daddy, this, mommy, <laughs> slay queen, <laughs> serving, it's giving, <laughs> the horned king... <laughs> <laughs> the Horde King is serving. I'm not saying the other word, but it's serving it. <laughs> it's serving. Uh, and I think we better stop <laughs> serving before I, I injure my voice even further and before I uh, do any other terrible impressions. Mommy! <laughs> well, you know, it's what it is. It's, it's, it's This is the show that we do. This is the life that we lead. This is this is this is a show people listen to for this very reason. <laughs> Thank you to, for listening to our uh, ramblings with the side of Black Cauldron conversation. <laughs> it's like it's it's a little bit of Black Cauldron, but then it's mostly just nonsense. Come for the Black Cauldron. Stay for the um. Stay for the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> See this this is where I, and then I just go into another Robin Hood voice. Hey Rob, are we good guys or bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like it's like okay, is this line from the Disney Robin Hood or the su- or one of the Suicide Squad movies? You decide. <laughs> what are we? Some kind of merry men? What are we? Some kind of mummy? <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for it. <sighs> no, I, I have to send you the, the clip. So you can just hear it. <laughs> I have the movie. We need to. I, I have it somewhere. We need to watch it's it. It's over soon. there. I, I know I watched it recently. We need to watch it soon. It's so good. Oh, I see it. It's right there. It's it's sitting right above Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I think with that, we're gonna wrap things up because I, I, I'm looking at this runtime because <laughs> my mommy would be upset if I this went to hour and a half. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Thank you for listening, folks, and uh, check us out next time. Have a good night, everyone, and and remember, Mommy! Freaking Terran. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.